Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. You heard about talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth. Social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be. Talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be coming next. Cause that's the type of podcast you listen to. Powered by the hyper brands, who the man? Yo, Ryan at the forefront. Got it on my iTunes, walking through the storefront. Listen to the broadcast, touches almost anything. Sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing. So listen to the man right ahead of his time on your podcast. You can download or listen live. So here comes the podcast. Here comes your host, the Burger Shop, now live from coast to coast. In any way you want to do it, listen to the show. Ron got the insights, the Burger Shop, you know? What is up, everybody? It is Thursday, 3.30, December 15th here in New York, and that could only mean one thing, and that is it is time for another Inside the Burger Shop podcast. My name is Ryan Berger, taking you through the next hour of discussion, uh, a discussion that could be a lot of fun. We haven't spoke about golf a lot on this podcast, and today we will talk to a uh, Jason Birnbaum, the uh, head of the Manhattan Woods Golf Academy and uh, the head of pro over there, a great country club right outside New York City, a club that a lot of professional athletes are members of and uh, just a fantastic golf course. And we'll talk to Jason about a number of things about golf, how the sport can be better catered to young people, how can you know more people play the game. And, of course, we'll talk a lot to Jason about the return of Eldrick, Tiger Woods, what that means for the sport, and get his thoughts on some of the other young players and the overall sport itself and where it is today. We uh, are coming off of a great show a couple of days ago. We had the uh, the always fantastic Frankie Basketball, Frank Isola, the Knicks beat writer from the Daily News. And since that time, the Knicks continue to have a, a really interesting season. Um, have had uh, some really great wins and uh, some tough losses. Tough loss last uh, two nights ago versus Phoenix, uh, losing in overtime after being up six, coming back. Or KP was just sensational. Uh, Mello continues to sort of have a game that looks great, and then four or five that 
just clearly looks older and uh, challenged to get by people, get above the rim. Uh, but the Knicks, third in the East, at 14 and 11, three games over. I know there's a lot of people that think the Knicks are kind of a fake, fake the funk bunch, uh, giving up over 105 points per game. And the point differential, I think, is only three or four points. Normally, when you see a team that's third in the conference, they've played much better in the sense where they've beaten teams by bigger uh, margins and they've played better defense. But um, that's where the Knicks are, and they're in third in the East, and they are 14 and 11. The seventh team in the East is the Detroit Pistons, and they're 14 and 13. So it's not like there's a a big uh, a big margin or a big window, and especially with the Knicks uh, going into the Dubs tonight in Golden State, we'll most likely lose that game and be 14 and 12, and right back to the six or seven spot. So I'm not sure the concern is where the Knicks, you know, sort of finish. I think they're clearly a top eight team in the East and will make the playoffs. But I think the bigger concern is the overall group itself. Um, you know, you have guys like Melo and 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 Derek Rose and to a degree Noah. Uh, if you take just Rose for a second, a one-year contract looked great against the Lakers. Uh, before that, back spasms. Now back spasms again. He's clearly a guy who's just been banged up for most of his career. And it's hard to imagine bringing Derek Rose in all of a sudden will change his uh, his health. So you got to expect that you're going to get in injuries from Derek Rose, and the hope is that he gives you you know 60, 65 games, and most importantly is there for you know the playoffs. But you saw what happened without Rose against Cleveland, and you'll see this similar thing happen probably tonight in in. Uh, Golden State, where the 10:30 TNT game is uh, the Knicks over in, in Golden State. So, of course, I do want to discuss on the Knicks two quick players who have just been tremendous. One is Porzingis, and if you didn't see his game the other night against Phoenix, he's absolutely tremendous. Uh, 34 points, blocking shots left and right. Um, just an incredible. Uh, incredible performance and then the other guy who's just been phenomenal this year is Kylo Quinn lost some weight and uh, he's been phenomenal and as bad as Joakim Noah has been the Knicks with their depth of Hernan Gomez and and uh, KP at center and O'Quinn can really at least pull some uh, some band-aids for you know the situation with Noah um a couple sort of housekeeping things on the podcast. Of course, I want to uh, thank our partners, uh, Hyper. Hyper is the largest search engine for influencers in the world. You could find out and find information and data on about 10 million influencers at hyperbrands, H-Y-P-R, brands.com. Uh, the crowdsline.com is another one of our fantastic partners. You can head over to the crowdsline, make your prediction on what you think is going to happen tonight. You will win and you will get iTunes gift cards and other amazing gifts that the crowdsline gives out for getting your prediction right. So head over to the crowdsline.com and make your prediction today. 
And, of course, our favorite sponsor is Pita Express down in 15 Ann Street. And uh, Pita Express, the best hummus and Mediterranean food in New York City. Uh, had a bunch of it last week, the chicken, the steak, it's the, the sauces, the pita. It's, it's fantastic. So head on down to Pita Express. Let them know you uh, are inside the Burger Shop podcast listener and get your you know, free appetizer as soon as you can. And it is you know, holiday time in New York. It is traffic-y. Uh, there's a number of stuff going on. And we, before we bring on Jason, I want to quickly touch on two things. It came on the air today with a heavy heart. Uh, just came across the news that Craig Sager has passed away, 65 years old, after a very, very public and difficult battle with a dreaded disease of cancer. And just a, a an amazing uh, story and what he's done and how he's fought over the past couple of years, and while it was clearly only a matter of time, his energy, his attitude was just absolutely exceptional. And uh, so sort of just, you know, best wishes to his family and to everybody surrounded by the Sagers as today's, you know, obviously a tough day for him and, and, the, and the all all of the NBA and anybody who's connected to the NBA like I am who spends a lot of time watching it and talking about it and, and knowing a bunch of people up there. So... That's a, a sad note, and, and, and on a total different note, I want to give a quick congrats to my buddy Jay Clory, uh senior over at Riverdale Country Day, he just signed with Columbia to uh, play point guard for them over the next couple of years, so excited for Jake to stay home. It's an amazing uh, accomplishment to be able to play Ivy League basketball, so congrats to Jake and Jake's family on a, on a fantastic uh, announcement last night, and uh and speaking of fantastic announcements and hopefully fantastic swings, I'm blessed today to be uh, joined by Jason Birnbaum. Jason's the uh, head of the Manhattan Woods Golf Academy, the head of the Golf Academy, the head pro, and and uh, and a number of different titles, but clearly the man can swing the golf club, so he's joined us today on Inside the Burger Shop. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're excited to have you on and talk some golf. So before we get into some of the other big picture stuff, and we could talk about Tiger and some of the other players, just give the audience a sense of what you do and kind of where you're located uh, so they get a sense of what Birnbaum Golf is all about. Sure, you got it. I teach golf at Manhattan Woods Golf Club, which is in West Nyack, New York. Uh, it's a great private club. Uh, this was my first year there. Uh, I'm the director of instruction there, and uh, I give full swing instruction and coaching from April through October every season, and it's a great spot. If you haven't been there, it's world-class. Golf course is great. Practice facilities are awesome, and uh, we've got a number of pretty cool programs to help help guys uh, and girls swing the club better. You know, you're, you're listed as one of the, the one of the best teachers in America when it comes to golf. Your website, jb-golf.com, is clearly a place to learn a little bit more about you and about the sport. You know, you're net, you're starting at Manhattan Woods, which you know I know is a, is a is a fantastic course. Got a lot of great members right outside New York City. Where did you come from before you took this role? I'm originally from New Jersey, uh, so I'm a local guy. I grew up in Oradell, New Jersey, and I started my career at Alpine Country Club. Uh, I was there for almost 11 years, and I left Alpine uh, to go to Manhattan Woods earlier this year. I actually way back when started at Manhattan Woods as an intern, uh, so funny enough, I'm back there, uh, back there starting this year. But I was originally at Alpine Country Club, and I am a New Jersey guy. Interesting. Very, very cool. So, 
Now, the sport of golf is taking on kind of a life of its own. Um, you know, there's obviously a number of young players that uh, that people love to watch and talk about and dress like, and you know. But there's one guy that um, that is key to the sport, the ratings, the attention, the amount of people who come in. I I stopped by the Essex County Golf Center and. New Jersey Roseland a couple of weeks ago, which is just a hidden gem. Fifty-five stalls, a bunch of heated stalls, golf simulators. They got it all there. Anything you need. It's just an exceptional place to to hang out and 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 play some golf and take some swings. And I mentioned it was Tiger was coming back that weekend. And I mentioned they said, oh, this is great for us. Great for the driving range. Great for the sport. Give us a sense of. Tiger and what you think about it. So, you know, give us a sense of what you think his return does for this sport, first of all. Yeah, it's really tremendous. I mean, he, you know, here we are in December. It's blatantly a football month, and golf is certainly not on anyone's minds at this time of year. And he made his comeback last week in the Bahamas. And, you know, the viewership, the intrigue, the interest from really golf fans and even non-golf fans. I mean, it was really through the roof. Uh, the guy moves the needle like no one else. Um, and having him back in our sport is just it's just unbelievable. I mean, at a time where all these other sports are sort of in the middle of their season, to have golf be somewhat front and center and on the back page of the sports section in New York, I mean, it, it, really, is, it really is an unbelievable thing. And the, the interesting thing with him is whether he shoots a great round of 65 or a terrible round of 80, it's still a big story, which is, you know, most guys, if they have a great round of golf, it's a big story. And if they don't play well, you kind of move on to the next guy. But with where we've come to with Tiger Woods, whether he shoots 10 under par or 10 over par, it's an amazing story that people want to know about. So I think that's kind of interesting. It's actually, yeah, it is really interesting. It's actually to the point where, you know, if he shoots 80, it's a bigger story than if he shoots 65 because uh, obviously <laughs> exactly. of <laughs> of how how great he he's been and we're talking about right. Tiger Woods and we know from the hyper data Tiger with almost 10 million followers in total 6 million on Twitter Amazing. 3 million on Facebook uh, we also know from the hyper data that almost half of his audience who follows him on social media is not from the US so obviously Tiger an international star about 15% of his social audience you know is is from London you know Jason give us a sense of what you saw when you watched Tiger in the Bahamas a couple of weeks ago. Sure. The, the, you know, he, yeah. he, he wanted to come back a couple of weeks earlier. He didn't think his swing was ready. You know, he pulled a number right. of balls uh, in, in the Bahamas, but came out and played really good. I think it was Sunday, clearly the last day. And one of the other days, I think it was uh, Friday. Give us a sense Friday, of what you right. saw from Tiger. Yeah, I thought it was the perfect week, first off, for him to come back. I mean, it looked like he was going to try to make a comeback there late in the fall. The Ryder Cup kind of got in the way of his practice routine, and I think he was smart to to withdraw from that event um, in California. But it was the perfect week for him to come back. I mean, it's his home golf course. He has a home there. He's played the golf course at Albany tons of times. He's comfortable there, which I think was important. It's a little bit more forgiving off of the tee, which has been a weakness of his in, in uh, over the last couple of years. So I thought all the stars aligned for, for him to come back that week. It was a small field, only I think 18 players playing in the field, a lot of his close friends. And I saw mainly good stuff. I mean, he, I think he answered all the questions that had to be answered. He came out of it unscathed in terms of injury, right? He came out of it healthy, which I think was first and foremost number one. Uh, he did not really show any signs of having the yips with his chin 
putting in short game stuff, which was a big question mark coming into it. He struggled big time with chipping. And I mean, I thought he chipped Grady. I think he had one bad chip really all week. I think it was on Thursday, but it was a tough shot kind of into the green and he stubbed it a little bit, which most guys had done at some point throughout that week. So nothing out of the ordinary there, but yeah, he hit a lot of good drives. We saw more club twirls from Tiger in a row there at one point than we ever had have had seen in a long time, which I thought was kind of cool. And yeah, one point there, he's two off the lead on, on the, in the third round. So I think it was a positive, a positive week for him, really. I think he came out of it, like I said, injury-free. He hit a lot of good golf shots. He sort of got into the mix and got the juices going again and gave everyone a little bit of hope that he can contend uh, going into 17 for sure. And I want to build on that because, you know, that's obviously the big question. You know, uh, can he compete? Can he win? Or is he just out there to kind of, you know, carve off what he's been up to and, and, and put at least a decent right. end to a, an incredible, you know, career? And, you know, what are your expectations for Tiger in, in 2017? Do you think, because obviously the key is, is to, to stay healthy, and he's had a couple injuries right. and, that just has not allowed him to stay healthy. You know, do you, what are right. your expectations? Do you think he could compete with, the kinds of players that today are winning who frankly weren't even on the tour when Tiger was healthy a couple of years ago. Right. Right. I do. I think he can. I mean, obviously it's all determined by his health, uh, but I think I personally saw enough good things from him in the Bahamas two weeks ago to the point where if he is healthy, I think he can do it. I, I, I believe him when he says that he wouldn't be out here if he didn't think he could win. I think every time he tees it up, he thinks he's going to win. And, yeah, if he's healthy, I think Tyre's going to win a couple times this year. I think he's my prediction is he's going to win two or three times, and, and he's going to contend in at least one, maybe two majors. Um, I, I think there were enough good good signs to, to lead us to believe that if, and it's a big question mark, but obviously if, his, if he's healthy. Um, your point about, you know, the guys sort of, you know, weren't even around when he was, or weren't, some of these guys were, were very young when he was doing his thing and, and dominating golf. So they are not as intimidated as some other guys, but uh, I, I really, I mean, he's to me, one of the greatest, if not the greatest that's ever lived. So if, if he gets back into it and, and he's playing golf at the level that he's capable of, I think you're going to, you're going to see the intimidation factor start to play a role. I thought one interesting quote, uh, during the tournament in the Bahamas was from Russell Knox, who's played amazing golf the last couple of years. And I think it was Saturday. It was either Friday or Saturday where Tiger had it really going there for, I think it was during in the beginning of Saturday's round. And Russell said he looked up at the leaderboard and he saw Tiger was four under through eight holes. And he jokingly said he thought about withdrawing from the tournament so that he could go and watch him play. He was so excited to see him up there. And you don't hear too many tour pros talk about other tour pros in that respect. So it's, uh, it's, it's certainly pretty cool hearing stuff like that. And he's always had that just incredible, you know, fascination and, and star appeal and you know, guys yep. in on the on the tour just love him, not only as friends, yep. but you know, he's taken the sport to such a high level. He's made so much money for no these doubt. guys with T V and endorsements. No it's no reason not to you know, not to love him. Again, we're talking to Jason Burnbaum. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Burnbaum golf uh, b-i-r-n-b-a-u-m golf and find out all kinds of tips and things that jason's up to at, at manhattan woods and, and whatnot and as i mentioned before you can check out his site jb-golf.com jason what, what have you seen from tiger's swing you know he spends he's like a, in the lab constantly redid his swing redid it again broke it down from the beginning multiple you know, coaches moved on. Now he's got the new the deal with Bridgestone. He's moved, changed equipment. Clearly, it's 
not a good thing when you're you're hitting Nikes and you're not playing well and you move away and you're and you're playing well. I guess that is why they took that business away, Nike. But, but give us a sense of what you see from his swing from a couple of years ago to what you saw at the Bahamas. Yeah, it's certainly changed. I mean, it's changed over the years for sure as his body's changed and and he's changed swing coaches, different different methods and different, you know, sort of goals that he had for himself with his swing. But it for in terms of right now, it's different and I think it's different uh in 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 a way that's going to help him get to where he's trying to go. It's it's a little bit of a a looser swing in that it's less restrictive in his body. He's using his hips and his core a little bit more to the top. His swing in recent years had gotten really tight, really short, kind of compact and rigid there at the top. It was very short of parallel. And I think it put a lot of strain on his body. Now, as we saw in the Bahamas, it was a little bit more complete at the top, a little bit longer. There was a little bit more hip turn that I saw, which was quite apparent, which sort of takes some of the stress off of off of the rest of his body. Uh, the guy's had back issues. He's had knee issues. I think the way he's swinging a little bit more of a, of a longer, fluid a looser way right now, which I think is going to help uh, in terms of his injury for sure. And I, I think it's going to help him play better golf uh, for years to come. Sounds like my game a little bit, right? I'm trying to get my swing <laughs> together, it gets a little bit tight, and then I unleash it. So uh, very, very familiar with that. I, I want to get a sense from you on the sport itself. Um, you know, you've been around, it sounds to me like your whole life, um, you know, it's a sport that uh, I grew up playing basketball. Never thought I'd touch a golf club. Now I can't get enough of it. Um, you know, where is the sport in today, in kind of our international culture as well as here in the U.S. Um, you know, we were in the it was in the Olympics for the first time in forever, uh, the past Olympics in Rio. You know, can you give us a sort of a, a, a bird's eye view on what you're seeing with the sport today? Sure. I think it's a great question. Um, It could be argued for for hours and hours. I think it's really, I think there's two parts to it. One is it's certainly growing. I mean, the Olympics were huge for golf, getting it back as an Olympic sport, and it seems like it's going to stay there as an Olympic sport. I thought the passion from the guys and girls that were Olympians and competed, uh, it was really interesting. You see a lot of guys withdraw from the tournament because they didn't want to be bothered by it, and they actually came out and and sort of showed some remorse and not playing in it, and they kind of admitted that they made a mistake. Rory McIlroy, you know, sort of was one in particular, and, and Adam Scott. So I thought that was good, but getting it back in the Olympics, I think was huge. I mean, globally, I've been to, I've taught golf in many countries and I go to these countries. I've I've been to Italy not too long ago and Argentina and Brazil. Uh, It's just so popular. People can't get enough of it. So in terms of that, I think it's, it's great. I think it's doing well. Tiger obviously has had a, had a huge role in doing, in doing that and getting the game, getting the game growing like it has, but there's also some negatives. I mean, I, I think the, the rules of golf have made it difficult for people to enjoy the game. Uh, golf courses are getting longer. Um, there's just, it's, it's a hard game to begin with doing things like outlawing the belly putter, to me, there probably should be separate rules for amateurs and pros. There, there's no reason to me why if a, if something using the belly putter as an, as an example, if that helps a 20 handicap play golf and, and shoot 88 instead of 90, so be it. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Just because the pros are – there can be a separate set of rules for amateurs as opposed to pros, and I think that that would help to grow the game even more. So I think there are some restrictions with the difficulty of the game. 
the cost of the game has been an issue, but things like that are getting better. It's more affordable now. You can find cheaper golf lessons. You can find cheaper memberships at, cl- at country clubs. You're, there are different ways to get into the game, whether it's through things like the first tee or pros and instructors that are willing to give their time. So it's really an interesting question. I'm not sure there's a there's an answer because to me it's it's really got two parts to it. It's growing in certain ways, but we could be doing much better if we opened our eyes a little bit more to, to making the game a little bit easier for the average golfer. It's an interesting point and well well thought out uh, answer. And, you know, um, when you look at the sport, one of the things people complain about, and most of the times uh, that's my wife and others' wives, are it's taking you too long to play. Um, right. That it takes, you know, a little bit to get there, have a bite to eat, it's involved, Absolutely. play, 18, right. have a bite after. It's a six-hour commitment. Right. Um, you know, yeah. Tiger just created a new course down in Cabo San Lucas with shorter amount of holes. I think there's 13 holes and you know the, the amount of times and my dad's a huge believer in this and just he'll t- talk to you at nauseam about the people playing from the right tees and how many people you play with that are playing from the wrong tees and are hitting hybrids and woods every time into, into greens. Have you seen any sort of change in the mentality out there? It's not about, you know, I could drive this far, but it's much more about getting out there, playing, and actually hitting seven or eight irons into greens. Yeah, great points. I think we're getting there. I think we've got a long way to go, but we're definitely getting there. What you said about the idea of a shorter round of golf is just a great idea. Nicholas talked quite a bit in the last couple of years about designing a 12-hole golf course and like you said, with Tiger with a 13-hole course, I think that's just a great idea. Uh, Mark King, I think it was from TaylorMade, talked about making the hole a little bit bigger and, and giving people more of an opportunity to enjoy playing playing good golf. So those are places that we're we're certainly headed towards. I think it's still early in the game, but we're getting closer. Uh, and, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Guy, both male and female, they're playing tees that are, that are just not – everybody wants to say they play from the black tees or they play from the back, but – it's it's not really helping their score, and they would enjoy the game more if they were playing at a tee that was more suited to their their distance and their handicap level for sure. Where is the this kind of situation with country clubs right now? You know, you've seen a lot of them, and you're obviously at a very high profile one. Um, there's a lot of clubs out there that need members. Um, you know, a lot of people, younger people, might not be joining, might be not being able to play as many rounds as they thought they were able to. Are you seeing our country clubs kind of feeling that right now? And I, I feel like there's a time in which starting the clubs are now kind of trans, transforming what they have been offering from what they used to offer sure. in the past to offering much more of a family experience yes. that uh, is, is more affordable and makes a lot more sense. Are you seeing a lot of that? Absolutely. I think the landscape has changed quite a bit for the better. I think there are a lot of options out there now. You can, There are a lot of clubs that are looking for members. They've got tremendous deal. They've got junior memberships where you could be considered a junior until the age of 40 years old. Uh, they have family discounts. They have waived initiation fees. And then you've got more of the high-end club, which still are the big ticket clubs to get in, which is, is for some people. So you definitely have a wider spectrum of choices now, which I think is a very, very good thing for the game. I, I think getting families in there, the idea of a junior membership, I think, is, is a great idea, extending the age, like I mentioned. Th- those are all things that are going to help to grow the game and to help get people through the door, new members through the door for some of these country clubs and golf clubs, and I think it's a great idea. I see that a lot. We're talking to Jason Birnbaum, the head of instruction over at 
the great Manhattan Woods in West Nyack, right outside New York City. Great golf course if you haven't had a chance to play it. Absolutely try and get on there, and you can follow Jason on Twitter at Birnbaum Golf. And, Jason, I appreciate your time, and I just want to quickly touch on a couple more things, specifically a couple guys, and sort of get your sense of uh, what sure. you think about them and their swing. And, and the first guy is Ricky Fowler, and we know uh, from the hyper data that Ricky – uh, young kid, uh, big social media user, actually about 87% of his social media following is men, which is shocking considering Ricky likes to be a playboy and uh, <laughs> and his big following is on Instagram and, and Twitter gets a lot of engagement with about 500 comments on, on his Instagram for every one of, of Ricky's posts. You know, the guy dresses great, he plays great, he, he he's incredibly fun to watch. A lot of young kids want to be him. You know, give us your sense on what you see uh, and what you expect from Ricky over the next couple of years? Uh, I think great stuff. He's in the Tiger probably started the, the whole trend with golf being cool and Ricky's taking it to another level. The guy is just, he's just a cool guy and he plays golf. He wears bright clothes. He's got his hat on backwards. He interacts with the fans. He, and he's just a great guy and he's a great player. So he's tremendous for the game. He's unbelievable amount of, of um, potential to win major championships in this game. Sky's the limit for him. He he hits it far. He hits it straight. He's got a little bit of a of an unorthodox swing. He recently, oh, maybe about a couple of years ago, he started working with Butch Harmon, made some swing changes uh, for the better, and he's played good golf. He, he's a great guy, and he, he's just he's special for the game. I, I think he's he makes it cool for sure. He, he's one of these trendsetters with a with a couple other guys out there that have made golf even cooler than Tiger did. Well, he is. My thing with Fowler is he's been incredible in some of the international stuff, Ryder Cup. You know, he he is incredibly cool. He makes the game cool. But can he win? Do you think he'll win a major? Um, and I, you know, he's one of those guys where if he wins one, the floodgates will probably open. But it's well, sure. can he yeah, win a major? I, I do. I think he can for sure. I mean, he's contended quite a, quite a few. I think it was last year that yeah. he he had uh, the year before that had a lot of good finishes in uh, in major championships. I think he top ten almost all of them. And he, yeah, I, I think so. A little bit of Phil Mickelson in in that. Once he wins one, I I'd be shocked if uh, Ricky Fowler didn't have three, four, five majors by the time his career was over. He's just he has that kind of game. is well rounded, and I think he just needs to break through. I think also we forget a little bit about how young he is too. He seems like he's been out here for a while, but he's still pretty young. It is amazing how that happens. I was watching the Knicks the other night. Porzingis just turned 21. It just doesn't feel you – know, you see these guys so much, and they're, they're so impressive. It's hard to believe they are you know, as young. And you know, the other guys are also very young. And you know, Jason Day coming off an incredible year. We know from the hyper data, Jason, much less of a social star than some of the other young players, about 420,000 followers on Twitter getting – about 160 retweets for every one of his posts. Jason Day, uh, 65% of his audience is, is Caucasian. He's an Australian uh, kid with 6% of his social audience coming from Australia, thanks to the hyper data. The kid is incredible. He hits the ball a ton. He pretty much does it all. What's your thoughts on Jay Day? Another great guy. I mean, he's a little quieter, obviously. That's why he's not as... as uh maybe popular in terms of social media than Ricky, but certainly lets his, his game and his clubs do the talking guys really dominated golf. He, he just, he's powerful. He's an athlete. So anytime you've got an athlete playing golf, I think it's, I think it, he's the sky's the limit for him as well. Uh, with Jason day, you know, injury is an issue. He, he doesn't have a great back. He's withdrawn from a lot of big events coming down the wire 
Uh, he he uh, he sort of gutted one out there last year with a bad back. He kind of limped his way to a win. So he's capable of. He's one of these guys who's capable of winning even when he's not at 100, percent which is which is pretty pretty impressive, kind of a la Tiger. But yeah, I mean he's got to stay healthy. He's injuries have plagued him. I think if he stays healthy, he can win a lot of majors. He's he's exceptional. Hits it far. Hits it straight. Got a great short game. He, um, he he's at a different level even than a Ricky Fowler right now because of what he's done. But he's got to stay healthy, especially uh, being his age when he's when he's 40 years old. He's he's going to have some problems if he doesn't if his back doesn't improve. Oh no, I know all about that with the back. You know, he he is amazing though. It's like he hits the ball so far and so straight, and then he's such an yep. incredible putter. Um, it yeah. almost feels like the hole yeah, is, is is too big. <laughs> yeah, he's got it all for sure. Um, and then the last guy is Jordan Spieth, and Spieth we know from the hyper way more social, almost two million followers on Twitter and another million on on Instagram, and his uh, big 3,600 likes for every one of his posts he's putting up on Instagram. Interestingly, a big audience in the U.S., a much bigger social media audience, 71% in the U.S. than any of the other guys we talked about. And Jordan is a uh, clearly a big-time player, very young from Texas. Now give us your sense on what you've seen from Jordan Spieth. Yeah, it's been an amazing start to his career. I'm I'm friendly with his his coach Cameron McCormick, who's been his coach for a long, long time. And he didn't have a great year this year, but I think he's going to bounce back. He sort of seems to have that personality to not let things get to him. Uh, two years ago, he was he was unbelievable. Already a multi-major championship winner, and I think you know he does a couple things that are unorthodox with his golf swing. He has an unbelievable short game. Maybe the best chipper and putter on tour. Very, very young, but I think Jordan, I think he's got thick skin. I think he's going to bounce back here and have a big year in 2017. He's, he's an incredible player, just an incredible passion for the game. And, you know, we appreciate the time, Jason. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Birnbaum Golf. A lot of interesting stuff. We'll, we'll have you on again before the Masters and kind of do a little, you know, Masters major preview. But before we let you go, I want to just know from you, who are some of the names that you'd love people to keep an eye on for 2017? We've talked about, you know, four guys. Anybody top in your mind as guys that the uh, audience should look out for on t- in 2017? You know, it's, there's so many young guys now on tour. I think the Canadian kid who just won, um, who just won uh, the week after my Cobra. Where did he win? He played amazing here. He got through in a, he got his card. He didn't have any status this year. Uh, Mackenzie, I think his name is. He played fantastic. There's so many good young guys on tour right now that I could turn it on. I'd say Justin Thomas is a is a good one. He's one of these, another one of these young guns. Small guy, tremendous speed, hits it a ton. He's someone who I would look to uh, to really break through and get after this year. He's uh, he's a good one. Smiley Kaufman is another one who's played great golf, good short game. Uh, he's he's the kind of guy I think who could kind of contend at a master, so to speak. He was in contention last year a little bit, but some of those guys like Justin Thomas and Smiley Kaufman they fly under the radar a little bit because they're not household names yet. But those are guys that could win one or two majors in 2017 for sure. No, and you're right. There's so many good young players that if they if they weren't as young, then those guys would probably stand out more. But they're the same age. They like to you know, they're in the in, on Instagram all day. These guys, but they just hit it a ton. And all it takes is one. Or, you mentioned Russell Knox before is another one. One or two of these yeah, uh, tournaments go their way, and and you know, and, and it's a different thing. So that's an interesting uh, two good guys to to look out for: Smiley and Justin Thomas. Jason, really appreciate the time today. We'll check back in with you uh, closer to the big tournaments and have you on again. 
Sounds great. Thanks for it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Be well. That's uh, Jason Burmount, head of, head of uh, instruction over at the Great Manhattan Woods Golf Course over in West Nyack, one of the great teachers in the, uh, in the United States when it comes to the great sport of golf. Uh, you can check out his website, jb-golf.com. Uh, of course, follow him on Twitter at Burnbound Golf. And you can find him at Manhattan Woods. You could also find them at Essex County Golf Center where uh, he's teaching over the winter. And whenever you want to sort of take a lesson, he's one of the great uh, instructors out there and at a facility like Essex County, which is on Eagle Rock Avenue and what an incredible location and stop in there and hit some balls. They have a heated, a couple of heated uh, areas to be able to hit balls. They also have a couple of golf simulators. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to be cold over the next couple of months. You want to get out, keep your swing, keep that swing path where you want it to be. Give Jason a call, visit him, hit him up on Twitter and, uh, and keep your swing going. So, uh, that's, of course, the great Jason Birnbaum. And uh want to quickly touch on some of the stuff around the NFL and a big weekend coming up in the NFL as we get closer to uh, closing the season. Three weeks left in the NFL season as we get into mid-December and the holidays. And it's a big weekend, a big weekend of games, and it's a big fantasy football weekend. It is the semifinals of most leagues. I had a great year, the number one seed in my league, and uh, have a big fantasy football weekend coming up, uh, praying that Julio Jones, my first round pick, <coughs> will be able to play. He has spray and toe, so I know a lot of fantasy owners are hoping that that happens as well, but when you look at the league right now and you look at the AFC, you know, clearly New England with their big win on Monday night is the top seed right now. And you have the, the 11 wins, the Chiefs and the Raiders, right behind them with 10 wins. And then you have that whole group of Miami, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Titans, and the Texans, and the Broncos, all with eight wins or seven wins. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But the NFL did an incredible job of taking the last three games of the season and making those games divisional matchups, rivalry games, and the games this weekend and over the next couple of weekends mean so much. They are huge games, and that starts Saturday night with uh, with Miami at the Jets, and it's unfortunate that Tannehill is injured, and that game will take a little bit of a hit. And it's tough to watch the Dolphins and the Jets on a Saturday night in, uh, in December, but what a big game that is for Miami. And there's so many games that have uh, playoff implications. When you go over to the NFC, Giants, two games back to Dallas, the number one seed with 11 wins. Then you have the Giants, Vikings, excuse me, Giants, Lions, Seattle, Atlanta, and Tampa, all with eight wins. So you have a lot of action going on. Giants, Lions this weekend, both at nine and four. A very, very big game to see what happens in that division and the overall NFC. Um, you have Indianapolis visiting Minnesota, two two teams that absolutely have to win. You have the New England at Denver, 4 o'clock game, a big game. Denver trying to uh, get a win, get to nine wins. New England trying to wrap up home field. 
And then you have the night game. Then you have the Cowboys, who have now struggled the last two games, won one and lost one at the Giants. The offense looked abysmal last week. And they're taking on the incredibly hot Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8-5 and five with Jameis Winston and Mike Evans. They're the Sunday night game. And can Jameis Winston go into Dallas and win? And I can tell you one thing, if he does do that, Tony Romo will be the quarterback of Dallas for the last two games. Uh, there's clearly an enormous pressure on Jerry and Garrett to put uh, the guy that's the right fit for the team in. And as great as Prescott has been, there's clearly a trust of Romo that is pulling on them. Now, if they go out and play well and beat Tampa Bay and win the rest of their games, you won't hear any of the Romo stuff. But you heard it a bunch when they lost to the Giants, and you're going to hear it even more if Dak struggles Sunday night versus Tampa. There's a number of storylines, and uh, it should be a great weekend in the NFL as we have two more weekends after this weekend. Good stuff, uh, a lot of big games, and, of course, the Giants with a chance to uh, really get in the playoffs and, and put their foot on, on the throat of, of the Lions, who have also been tremendous. And we've talked to Mark Kriegel on the podcast from NFL Network about his MVP choice this year, uh, Matthew Stafford. So looking forward to a great weekend of games, uh, re- trying to get things wrapped up here before the holiday, a lot of NBA going on Christmas Day, five NBA games next week. That should be uh, a lot of fun, about 10 days from now. So everybody stay warm. It is a freezing cold day in New York, a cold, cold weekend coming up. Stay warm. Stay by the fire. Enjoy your sports, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. And as my man Mad Dog Russo likes to say, adios. Podcast, the one that you heard about, talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth, social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be, talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be coming next, cause that's the type of podcast you listen to, powered by the hyper, brands who the man, yo, Ryan at the forefront, got it on my iTunes, walking through the storefront, listen to the broadcast, he touches almost anything, sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing, so listen to the man right ahead of his time, on your podcast, you can download or listen live, so here comes the podcast, here comes your host, the Burger Shop, now live from coast to coast, in any way you want to do it, listen to the show, Ryan got the insights, the Burger Shop, you know? With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.